Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. You and I can now breathe a sigh of relief because the cars have been revealed. They're here. We've revealed the video on YouTube. It's on our main channel. And you can see the wrap-up for our prior cheap cars. Mm -hmm. And that's all the money that we spent and the wrap-up of the things that we love doing with those two cheap sports cars. We had so much fun with them. And I can't believe all the things we did. Upon building the video, I had this moment where I was kind of like, we did a lot with those cars. Yeah, We did. So we picked our favorites, tallied up the costs, and revealed our two new cars, Mm -hmm. which are... For Todd, go I ahead. I have a Nissan 300ZX. I have the one I wished I had. I have yeah, the, you do. not the first year, but I have now a twin turbo manual. Before I had a first year automatic non-turbo. This is the twin turbo manual 300ZX. I'm quite excited. <laughs> I have a 1983 Porsche 928S. We went back to the beginning. The yeah, two cars, the yeah. origin cars we had at mm-hmm. the beginning of Everyday Driver that really made a big impression on us without those cars we wouldn't do this show that's what's crazy is without those that was a pivotal moment for both of us and neither one of us and we said this in the video but neither one of us have owned those cars in a decade more than a decade so the amount of stuff we've done think about how much stuff's happened with this show which has been more than a decade for the show but in the last decade the show's done so much stuff and those cars have not been a part of our life. And now they're back. And we have some really cool ideas for what we're going to do with them, too. Well, you've got to tell the story about how you found that Z. Because we've actually been sitting on both these cars for a little while. Well, we have. But, even longer well, than I'm, I'm going to save the story until we actually have those video reveals. Because we have videos coming where you have your video about how, how you got your That's car. True. And I have yeah, mine. Yeah, so yeah, we'll yeah. Wait, wait until those videos come out. Those are in a few weeks. And that'll be the first of a long series. But we've got big road trips and a lot of really cool stuff with those cars. I cannot wait for that. But those relate directly to our latest contest which is an odometer guess yes so all of our social media right now it's already happened but by your time you're listening to this hi happy friday happy friday morning you have until midnight today october 1st friday till midnight technically saturday morning that is as long as we're taking guesses right now you can see the odometer pictures on all of our social media and the odometers are blurred out so we are taking the five closest guesses. doesn't matter which odometer it is. The five closest guesses. You can guess for 928. You can guess for the Z. Both, either. Just label what it is. Give us an odometer guess. The five closest to the exact number, over or under, will win that, that free digital download of F9. I thought it was Space Fiero that it we're is, giving away. Yes, the, we're giving away the movie Space Fiero. It should have just been it called Space It should have been Fiero. called Space yes. Fiero. We're giving Space Fiero but away. But good news, if you haven't viewing. seen it, it's a digital download. And we figured we'd do that instead of a Blu-ray because everybody can download digitally sure, and yeah. watch it on anything you want. But it is FF9. We're giving away five of those copies Mm -hmm. based on the mileage guesses. So go to our social media platforms to find there and guess. You'll see the cars. You'll see a little bit of info about them. Mm -hmm. And we're thrilled to introduce these cars. I can't believe they're back in our lives. I can't believe how long you waited for the reveal. It's you wait a, a lot longer than I did. I can't yeah. wait to share all those stories. But yeah. thank God they're right. out so all you right. and I could be we can be open about it now. It's great. I'm <laughs> just glad that we, we don't have to cut each other off. Like, wait, don't say it yet. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. But no. it's yeah. out, and you can see those cars there. We've got a great couple of debates from Anton K in Portland who wants us to save mm-hmm. him from his GLI. Interesting. Okay. And we've also got another debate from Alex W. 
who is a Stellantarian he, in a sports car. He works at Stellantis. He's a true Stellantarian, has written to us. Yes, he, he wears the space suit, you know, with the boots and the helmet. He is That's a right. Stellantarian. No capes. Are the Stellantarians, uh, do they have a headquarters next to the Space Force? Because I feel like there's there's got to be like they a block somewhere to. where they all just they all just office together. Well, if only mm-hmm. they owned the brand Fiero, because then they could be the Stellantarians in a Fiero. They could. That's a missed opportunity. You're that right. Because space fear like has happened. There has to be some convergence there. here somehow. Well, Anton writes to us as a relatively new listener. He says he found our YouTube channel after the cheap sports car showdown was awesome. recommended on his YouTube homepage. Love that. Anton, thanks for writing. Really appreciate it. Anton's first car was a 93 Toyota Tercel. Buddy in high school had a Toyota Tercel. Hated riding in that thing. I remember those things. But but he did that thing that I did with my massively underpowered first car. It was a manual, which is he learned how to just squeeze every possible horsepower <laughs> out of that car by driving manual transmission. He said it had all of 82 horsepower, but it was bulletproof four-cylinder. Because it was so understressed. Yes, for sure. So he <laughs> held on for dear life while he squeezed all the power out of that car. Well, he traded up to an 08 automatic Honda Civic later in life, a mutual purchase with a girlfriend at the time who refused to drive a stick. (laughs) It was a very boring time. It was seven years in Tibet, apparently. Yes. The Honda went with the ex-girlfriend when they parted ways, and he purchased his first ever new car, a BRZ in 2015. What I love is the casual way the girlfriend leaves his life in this email, but the the joy with which he says, and the Honda went too. (laughs) Bye-bye. She went, but the Honda's out the door. That's good news. Well, he loved every moment driving the BRZ, fell in love with the manual transmission again, never missed an opportunity to go up into the mountains and find some windy roads. That's cool. Now, he never took it to the track since he couldn't do the consumables. He couldn't afford them, and it was his daily, but like everyone else on Earth, he always felt like it was a little shy on power. Space Fieros are not shy on power. They are not, and Toyota at least listened. Toyota and Subaru listened, and so the new version has, guess what, more power. It's what it needed. Well, Anton eventually got married. Congratulations. They had a baby. And the minister of finance and he came to the completely mutual decision that the BRZ was too small and impractical for a family. Okay. Now, the minister of finance drives a Volkswagen Tiguan. Hello, by the way. I know you're listening at this point. (laughs) Yes, hello. They got a car that they compromised on, a 2021 Volkswagen GLI. Mm Mm-hmm. Two Volkswagens in the garage. Yes, which he says actually is kind of a coincidence, but it's just how it worked out. He says... um, with the GLI, she got her husband driving a four-door sedan with plenty of storage space. And he got an affordable manual transmission, but it only has 180 horsepower. And he thought that the stick and that amount of power he'd be happy with. But he says, you know what? No, I just don't like this GLI. Yes, he writes, as we both know, hopefully you've seen the video mm-hmm. where we talk about the GLI. Yes. And it's Rev Hang. We've talked about the Jetta and other forms, too. We're not, we're not huge fans. The gears are so tall, he doesn't even know what fourth... Fifth and six are four, mm. besides gas savings, of course. He also says it's pretty ugly in his opinion. Mm. So you don't like oh, the transmission, okay. and right. you think it's ugly, and you bought it. Why? Uh, I'm not sure why that was the car they decided on, but he certainly has not enjoyed it. That's too bad. Well, he's at a crossroads. Through much spirited discourse, he has negotiated <laughs> Sorry. permission. Sorry, I am hearing the fight. In it's that a fight. Sentence. Through it's much a fight. spirited discourse. Okay. Now he's negotiated permission uh-huh. to buy a sportier sedan or a coupe again, okay. barring that it has an actual usable back seat that a child could one day fit in and fit okay. a car seat in an emergency if he needed it in the next few years. Sure. They have now relegated the Tiguan to full-time baby hauling duty. All right. Fair, fair enough. Have you seen our Tiguan review? Anyway, that just came out. <laughs> that just came out too. Anton has value in the GTI. He says, mm-hmm. let's say $25,000. 
He's only got 3,000 miles on it. That car's worth money right now, for sure. Yeah. It is. He could probably make the case for up to 10000 in cash on top of that. Okay. So thirty to $40,000 is right. in his range. That's excellent. Like it. Now, he cares about an active, engaging driving experience. Okay. Annual transmission, preferably, or paddle shifting. If he has complete control, <laughs> you won't have complete control. But that's beside the point. But it feels, but it feels, you, but some of them are easier than others. Some yes. of them, no matter what you do when you pull a paddle, they still go, oh, I'm going to change gear now. And you're like, but I didn't say anything. Right. And others, you can actually make them listen. But I will also say this none of them seem to want to listen in their default setup. No, they don't. And to that point, he mentions his wife used to have a CLA 250 with the manual mode mm. paddles that would take back control and auto shift after a few seconds. The secret to that is you have to program it in individual mode, and that's the only way the Mercedes will listen to the paddles. Yeah. They have upgraded their current cars with a little gear. It's, it's three gears with an M, meaning yeah. I want to do it myself. Yes. Me. Leave me is alone. Is what that stands for. <laughs> it doesn't stand for manual. It stands no. for me. 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 My Shut turn. Up. Let yes. me do it. They have upgraded with that button, but probably the car she had, you had to select individual mode mm-hmm. and then go in and program it to your preferences so the car would then allow you to shift. I'll give you another one, though. We had the Hellcat Durango. I'm off on a, on a side note. We had the Hellcat Durango yeah. not that long ago. I had it for a TV episode of Season 9. Okay, And Season 9 is coming, by the way. Longer story there, but Season 9 is coming. This was second episode of Season 9. We had super SUVs. We had mm-hmm. that in the GLS AMG 63. And the Durango, as you know, the Hellcat Durango, crazy powerful because it's the Hellcat motor in everything but their minivan. Come on, minivan. But it had paddles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The paddles did not work at all in some modes. You could be driving we along in the wrong this. mode, yeah. pull a paddle, and it was like, uh-huh. It was Well, it was some of the modes that were the least... Uh, engaging and least enthusiastic yes. modes. It was just like it comfort mode all cruising of the along. Default modes. The paddles were yeah. not not didn't listen. Were off. Yeah, they were. They you, were. You could literally dig into the menu. You could see that that was not an available selection in yeah. those modes. That shocked. I've never seen that before. I mean, this is why I say it's some control, but not yes. all the control. Yes, yes. Now, Anton says reasonable maintenance. The same CLA two fifty needed brakes replaced one time, and it left a hole in his wallet you could see through. <laughs> I like that description. Problem. That's a great visual. Thank you, man. He wants enough power to have some fun, but agile enough to enjoy windy mountain roads. Okay. Safe and practical enough to pass inspection by the Minister of Finance. <laughs> Good luck. Okay. Got it. Excellent. <laughs> Good job with that one. No. He'd love to have something that turns heads, but that's the least important feature on his list. All right. All right. Now he's thought about the new 86. He doesn't think he can sell that backseat as practical enough. He's looked at Mustangs, but he's worried they're more muscle than nimble. Okay. He knows there are some great options from BMW, but he's very worried they'll live up to their break my wallet reputation acronym. <laughs> okay. He couldn't bear the thought of being seen in a Civic Type R until you drive it and then you'll throw caution to the wind. You won't care anymore. Yeah. He says the styling is a little too immature. If it helps, they're in the Pacific Northwest. They're up in Portland, Oregon. Wow, Anton. Many, many choices here for you. There's a lot. You've got a great budget. There's a lot of good stuff here. First time, the first thing I'm going to say to you, Anton, is this. I agree with you on the styling of the Civic, but you haven't driven it yet. Go, True. Go good drive point. it. Go drive it. And here's also the thing I would say to you. Go drive it in a color, in the red or the blue, and see if you don't change your mind. Mm. Because I agree. The styling is way over the top. It's way too much. And it does feel like this is a kid's car. It's just pure styling. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you drive it, it is incredibly pr- practical. It actually rides impossibly well for what that car is. It shouldn't ride that well, and it rides great. Very usable. And then crazy fun with a great gearbox. 
it may be one of those things where you drive it and you just go, you know what? I don't care anymore. I actually really want this. So definitely drive the Civic. I'm going to recommend that to you. I have another one I'm going to say to you that is kind of off your list that I'm going to say drive it as well. You should drive the BMW M240i. Yeah, that's on my list. Because that, that is the car that on the two list. series, look, you could even go lesser. You could go back to the 228. That four-cylinder is surprisingly powerful in mm-hmm. its own right. Mm-hmm. All of the drivetrains in that car are proven drivetrains from BMW. They've, yeah. just, yeah. they've been lots of things. They've been powerful in lots of things. They've been around a long time. It, they don't, to this point, have their IMS issue, their, their weird Vanos BMW problem that every one of those is falling prey to. And I keep coming back to it. Our friends at RSR over in Germany, mm-hmm. they run those two series as hard as possible as track cars. And we have watched cars that have popped onto their roster and then quickly left because they aren't reliable enough. Yeah. The two series yeah. has been a standby for them for four or five years. So I think, granted, they have mechanics on staff, but if it was running them out financially, they wouldn't keep those cars. So I think that the two series BMW might be worth the risk, but I do understand your caution there. That is the car on my list, Anton, for you. That is the top end of your budget, I think. Not sure if you'll be able to swing the new one, but that doesn't matter. Get one or two years old. Sure. Like Todd said, go back to the 228i, but that particular car is the step up from the 86. We mm-hmm. thought that when we drove the first 86, we thought, man, this is like a miniature two series or just the the yeah. two yeah, series yeah. dynamics at a lower level, lower yeah. Entry, yeah. Uh, entry price. But you've got to look at those things. And I'm totally with you, Todd. As far as reliability, those cars are beat on on track. They're driven really hard, but they're over-maintained, but then they're driven really hard. Yeah, for sure. They do just run. Their entire life is track duty. I wouldn't hesitate to own one of those and budget for it, but 30 to 40 grand, you're easily in the car of your choice, the color of your choice, transmission of your choice, anything. 235i, mm-hmm. 240, buy as much 2 Series as you can get. But I will give you the silver edition the the silver choice okay. that's the goal I have, I have two others as well but, I, but keep going yeah if you want to impress the minister of finance okay how about that toyota corolla hatchback xse with the manual oh, sure sure the electric blue is so cool looking it is great and we do like the styling of the corolla it's a little wacky in some places but wacky can be good here because that's yeah, a standout yeah. thing mm-hmm. and the fact that the corolla is this lukewarm hatch and you can save money. And I know it's strange, me saving you money. That is weird, yeah. I already suggested the 2 Series. But that Corolla, <laughs> that Corolla hatchback. I mean, just think, you're, you're saving a little bit of money. And then you're setting yourself up for the future, whatever that like might it. be. Like but it. ultimately, I do agree, you should get out of that GLI. Because you don't know what the rest of the gears are for. You think it's ugly. You don't know yeah, why you have it. Definitely time to go. And the fact that you've written to us about it means you're already thinking about selling it. For sure, for sure. When words hit the page, that means the car is going. <laughs> That's way down the road. Anton, I have two others for you that I want to mention that you have not mentioned, and you must go drive. And they're very different. The first one is in that uh, hot hatch category. You're not sure about the Civic styling. Go drive the Hyundai Veloster N. That in a manual. Now, granted, you've got the weird three doors, but you've got the door on the curbside, and you have you can get kids in there just fine. We've put Paul and I and Chance in a Veloster Inn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that back seat is surprisingly big. You don't think so because the car isn't very big, and it only has the one rear door. So you just think, well, that can't be usable. Surprisingly big back seat. Yeah, very yeah. fun to drive. Watch our uh, daily fun episode from a couple seasons back, where it was the uh, actual '86 and the Veloster Inn, and we debated back and forth which one was more fun. But they're both usable cars. So I think you must drive the Veloster Inn if you want it to be a little bit subtle. You get it in black. 
It's black without sure. red accents. Yeah. That car it's is really tight cool. In we've, black. we've driven it in all three forms. We've driven it in the that crazy light blue they have, the black and the red. But it's a very very cool car. So I think the Veloster and Manual. You must look at that. And then um, I'm going to say this because I think it is the ultimate dad sleeper car. I've mentioned it before, mm-hmm. and it gets you back into rear wheel drive. But you lose manual, and that is go drive the Alpha Julia. It's continually such an interesting car because yeah. you're going to love the styling. You will. Here's the thing. That's going to be a feel like a large, usable, family, sensible sedan for your minister of finance wife or whatever normal situation. <laughs> but it also has a kind of, huh, you made the oddball interesting choice. That's a good-looking car when you're sitting in the school line or you've gone to get coffee or whatever, the normal life stuff. But then if you have a chance to go on a back road, you're going to keep saying to us, I love this car because it's great on a back road. Now you lost the manual. And for your budget, you're probably in something other than the Quadrifolio, which is brilliant. You're probably in something stepped down from there, which is a Turbo 4, but a surprisingly powerful Turbo it 4. It moves the car. Absolutely. It moves it, the it car does just well. so fine. Get a Julia with the limited slip diff and their really big moose antler paddles, and I think you'll be surprisingly thrilled. I love the suggestion. Well, Anton, you've got some shopping to do, so go sniff around those cars. Let yeah. us know what you find. Write back to us with your car conclusions. Also, your Topic Tuesdays. We welcome those. Mm-hmm. The endless, the, the bar fight discussion, even though we're not fighting. It's just the continued conversation that could last till 2 a.m. For sure. You know? Absolutely. And, uh, of course, your car debates themselves to everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website, everydaydriver.com. Up in the top right-hand corner, under the About tab is the Contact button. Everything syndicates to the same place. It is car wash season. Always wash your car in a cool, shady spot. And always use the brilliant finished foaming sprayer or the Boss Foam Cannon from Griot's Garage. You can create a high foam blizzard party right in your driveway with little to no work and avoid the wash-induced scratches. It's the safest way to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. And don't forget, Griot's also has full ceramic family of products, including Speed Shine, Wash and Coat, and a 3-in-1 Wax. Rio's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all the liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griosgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order just for our audience. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griosgarage.com. Well, 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 well. Mm, the Stellantarians have entered the building. They have. Alex is here. He's the Stellantarian in a sports car. Love it. He says, all righty, gentlemen. He needs our help being convinced that there's a better car for his needs than the 2016 to 2020 Fiat 124 Spider. He's fallen in love with it is what's happened. He's driven yeah. one. He says, I've driven two. They both put a huge grin on my face. He loves the chuckability and the lightness. He has just decided that this is the car for him. We're here to convince him that it either is mm-hmm. or it is not, and we've got to bring the wood. We've we got have to bring, to bring some, the other good options. Yeah, good for choices sure. here. Well, Alex says, well, these cars put a huge grin on his face with the chuckability and lightness, and mm-hmm. everybody's nodding in agreement because yeah, of course. it's the Fiat, right? Yep. He loves that the early ones were available without the big central infotainment screen. Interesting point. And he says the alternative ND Miata feels slightly smoother, just doesn't have the same character for him personally. Well, that was interesting. When we first drove the 124, you actually really liked the personality of that engine because the engine is totally different than the engine in the MD. Yeah. It sounds crazy. It only has five horsepower more, but it's a little bit of a different car. Mm -hmm. And it just, there's just enough. And with a car that small and that lightweight, small changes do make a big difference. So he says the eight under 8,000 YouTube piece, it inspired him to see what else is out there. 
while doubling that cap. Okay. All right. Okay, fair. 16, Six, so 16 grand. You can 17. find 124s for 16, 17 grand. That's amazing. Okay, good. Now for background, I didn't know Stellantarians drove Maximas. Yeah. That's information. Okay. That's right. new. This would be the second car in addition to the Maxima, which is staying. Okay. I like that you said this, Alex, because that clearly shows that your company is open to everybody driving whatever. You, For sure. You don't yeah. have to. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not the 70s anymore where your car gets key in the car parking True. lot. But I like that everybody's open. And if you find a car that fits your needs, mm-hmm. great. I'm sure you can get one. But otherwise, it seems like everybody's cool about well, it. Well, and let's be honest. He is shopping inside, inside the Stellantis universe with a, with a Fiat 124. He is. He is. But the thing I also like about keeping the Maxima is the fact that that tells us right away that this car that he's shopping for, the 124 or whatever, is just fun. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to do any of the mm-hmm. weird life stuff at all. It can be fully impractical. And it doesn't matter. This, yeah, true. Well, manual transmission is a must. Rear-wheel drive is strongly preferred, since his daily is the front-wheel drive automatic yeah, yeah. <clears throat> CVT. He wants that different experience. Communicative steering and suspension matter most, okay. followed by clutch and shifter feel. Power comes third. Okay. He's pretty conservative with speed, except on empty mountain roads, which aren't too prevalent in southeast Michigan, where he's at. And his fiance prefers convertibles, since ah, her first car was a Capri painted plum crazy. Oh, okay. Plum crazy. All right, sure. He's a lanky six foot one, so headroom can be a concern in the smallest cars. Unless you take the roof off and then he's happier. Well, yeah. That's true. But as you said, Todd, the car does not need to be daily practical. They do plan to road trip it, so it needs to be decent trunk space for a couple of duffel bags. That means the Solstice and the MR2 are right out. Interesting. Because let's be honest, they will take a average size purse and you you're done. You take your DOP kit. Kind of, yeah. He doesn't golf. He's nowhere near <laughs> retirement. So while he respects Corvettes, it's not what he wants in my life, okay. in his life. All right. Good to know. He also doesn't want anything so old or high mileage that it could need unexpected maintenance during a trip. More than 80,000 miles or older than 20 years will take some convincing. Interesting. All right. I'm about to convince you, Alex. Oh, good. Okay, great. Because the car that I have for you is older than 20 years and it has more than 90,000 miles. But okay. I, I All right. I'm excited gonna, to hear. I think you're sure. sold right. instantly. Now, driver aids do not do anything for Alex, but the car needs to at least have two airbags. Stability control would be nice. And he says he'd like to be at least about 23 miles to the gallon. Autocross might happen. Not a priority. Here is the budget, $17,000. And he says, okay. Paul, he can stretch to 23000 if necessary, but hasn't found a reason to yet. What I, what I love about that is you're talking seventeen grand and you're finding 124 Fiats available. And that's, here's why. It's because everybody I've talked to about that car, you either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. And the people that like it, it's a small... It's a small group of Miata buyers, essentially. Let's be honest. It's a, it's a subset <laughs> niche of Miata buyers. And yeah. as a result, yeah. they don't hang on to their value like Miatas. It's the way to get into one. For sure. So, so it, you can actually get them for that money. And that's amazing. I love it. The other possibilities that Alex has thought of are the NC generation Miata. He's driven with the briefly. third gen. Okay, yeah. Z3 is on his list. A 986 Boxster is on his list. If it feels different than the 987. Which is interesting because he says he's driven multiple things. One of them was the 987 Boxster. And his problem with it was he said it was his realistic dream car, but it didn't feel very fun to drive unless he was really driving it fast. I think that's interesting. Well, yes, but but I think it's interesting because it's something you and I have talked about with your Cayman, Paul. That your Cayman is brilliant. But below about 60, 70 miles an hour, it's fine. And it's very nice. Very true. You're glad to be in there. You get above 80, you're starting, oh, this is a very good sports car. You get above 100, and now it's like, okay, this thing is really great, and it feels great. true. But that's the thing. Those lower speeds, it's it's the exact opposite of my Lotus in that regard. The Lotus at 20, you're like, okay, something's going on here. (laughs) You know? True. Well, he says the cars that are out are the Z4, 
is insufficient steering feel, which mm-hmm. we have identified mm-hmm. with our with Todd's year with that car, but definitely driven enough to agree with you. And he does say the 987 Boxer and Cayman, just out. Camaro SS, Mustang GTs, more powerful than feels usable. He'd okay. like better fuel efficiency. He says no no twins. Can't no, get past the interior. Okay, all right, okay. 500 Abart, Fiesta ST are out. The S2000 always seemed too frenetic to him. Okay. All right. That is a, that's a touchy car. It's a great car, but it's, it's a touchy car, car for sure. Yeah. And certainly the SLK is out. Reliability and weight concern me. What are you talking about? The SLK was dead reliable. <laughs> Except for the top didn't, you work. know, there was the top draining things and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the thing, the cup holder stuck shut. And the stuff and the things that were going on. Well, with those the good cars. news and the new owner got all that stuff solved. So he's well, off to the races. And you can watch our cheap sports car wrap up about where we ended with those cars. They were surprising. The interesting options he's got identified seem too practical for a second car. Mm, interesting. Like all the Z cars up to 370Z, the G35 and G37. Even the, yeah, the Infinities as well, yeah. The E46 and E90 convertibles, he says this feels like a primary car. Genesis Coupe, 1 Series, Veloster N, or really any hot hatch. So you're going for a two-seater, focused two-seater, just yeah. a fun car, and I love that. So Alex says if the 124 is the answer, it's not a problem. <laughs> He feels like he might pass the class even without doing all his drive homework. Interesting. Okay. But what else is there? And he says, by the way, he listens to the podcast at work while putting many development miles on new Jeeps. Well, we're really glad to have this podcast as the thing that is christening some Jeep car stereo out there. That's really cool. Thank you, man. He says, thank you. You're Stellantarian Envoy. (laughs) Well, thanks for wearing the jumpsuit over at Stellantis and driving the Jeeps. I think that's awesome, Alex. Appreciate it. Well, I am going to try to justify 2019 Veloster N. I didn't know that they were down to 23,000, Alex. Mm. But I found one in Fort Worth, Texas at a place called Auto Savvy. That sounds interesting. Is it part of the Syntex uh, Metroplex? <laughs> sorry, I it's couldn't got, do it. You couldn't do it. I tried. You couldn't do okay, it. Okay, sorry to all the Texans out there. Yes. Only 13,000 miles. It's in that light light and blue with okay. the red Oh, I love accents. that. I love that. Yeah. I didn't know they were 23 grand. That is surprising Manual, that they're down that far. done. 23 yeah, grand. Certainly and right that now. That is a special car. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's on your list. It is a hatch. It is front-wheel drive. But the fun factor is overcome by the front wheel drive. Not as fun. Yeah. We oh, just, it's genuinely fun. It's totally. Great. We just talked about it in the last car debate. I mean, it is a, it's a worthwhile contender for sure. Yeah. The main choice, Alex, Uh-oh. that I have for okay, you. Okay, good. Breaks all your rules. I'm sorry. Okay. But I think it's worth it because it's so unique. Okay. And because it is your second car, I know you're going to be road tripping it, mm-hmm. but you keep your maintenance up mm. and I think it's going to be just fine. Okay. It is a year 2000 BMW Z3 2.8 coupe, Mm. 91,000 miles. It's red, it's manual, and it's $17,500. They'll take 17 grand. You know they will. Yeah. It's 22 years old and it has greater than 80,000 miles. True. But somebody's going to buy that car and somebody's going to take it to 150 or 180,000 miles. True. Somebody will do that and it will run. And the Z3 that we had yeah. for the cheap sports car challenge was bought for under $5,000 in Vegas as the cheapest Z3 we found on the internet at yes. the time. It was the cheapest one in the country a week before we shot that piece. It was craziness. Yeah. We asked Chance to jump on an airplane mm-hmm. from Salt Lake. You've heard it, yeah. He bounced to Vegas, bought the car, drove it back, no issues. And the new owner is in Kansas, and he's been putting money into it and autocrossing it and having a great time with it. And it... 
it's gotten even better. Here's a, you guys, it honestly, he's put, he's put a, a few thousand dollars into it. But here's the thing about that Z3 that was in that cheap sports car piece. Honestly, guys, you wouldn't recognize the car. I'll have to ask he's, him to see if he's willing to let me post photos. He's put a, he's yeah. put because he he wanted to set it up as an autocross car yeah. anyway, so he did wheels and stuff, and he's done stuff to head it down that route. But he he got it detailed and he got stuff in the oh, interior perfect. fixed. And you wouldn't honestly that car would sell for ten grand this minute. Yes, this minute, and he hasn't put that much into it, which is craziness. And it just ran. It ran during yeah. the shoot. It oh yeah, ran. It got him all the way home. He drove it all the way home. Yeah, the Vano system blew. But those things are known to do that, and mm-hmm. apparently so frequently that BMWs just keep them in stock. They just have the parts. Yeah, the parts are there. So, yeah, the Vano system went. That was $500 in repairs, but okay. Uh-huh. It's got a new Vano system on it, and he just drove it, and he's driving it hard. So that means with a very nice looking, it's that bright red, it's the shoe. Yeah. That yeah. is a unique car, plenty of luggage space. It's rear-wheel drive, manual. It's cool looking. And I don't think the value of those things is going to go down very much. Maybe right. Maybe right. I think you can just drive it and sell it for maybe sixteen or fifteen, or just keep it until somebody really wants it. Interesting. Uh, Alex Paul and I went somewhere similar here, and I'm going to walk my way there. But first, I'm going to start here again. If you if you haven't driven the nine eight six, but you've driven the nine eight seven, didn't like it. I don't think the nine eight six is worth it. I'm talking Boxster generations, sure. first versus second gen. I think that's probably out. The one twenty four. You like it. You are, I don't mean this as a slight. I mean, this is just, this is your, your interest, your proclivities as cars. You are the oddball that prefers the 124 to the ND Miata. Mm-hmm. Embrace that. Yeah. You can yeah. go get a great one for affordable prices and it's phenomenal and you'll have choices and it will run. It, it is a Miata underneath. So you have the, the alt Miata. I think you would thoroughly enjoy that car. I'm not going to say anything against you getting that car. If that's what you like and you connect to it, Great. I think you would love it. But I do think the ultimate alt is very similar to Paul, and that is I think you should get a convertible Z3. I think you? you should really drive one and surprise yourself. That that car surprised both of us, especially back-to-back yeah. with my Z4. Yeah. And since the Z4 you don't like because of no steering feel, and you're absolutely right, it doesn't have it. The Z3, we, we talked about this in that eight-car piece. You've probably heard it. It very much feels like BMW was targeting the Miata when they made the Z3, and mm-hmm. then they were targeting the Boxster when they made the Z4. Yeah, for sure. So the for Z3 sure. is definitely a smaller car. Even if you get the base engine, it has a surprisingly just endearing powertrain. Yeah. And yeah. it has the steering feel you're hoping for and a little lightweight thing. You're going to need to look and see if there's enough luggage space. Granted, the 124 doesn't have a ton of luggage space. Is there enough luggage space in that Z3? I think probably there is. So you definitely need to drive that as an alt. It's obviously very different. We're talking about it, depending on when you buy, based mm-hmm. on what you were looking at, Paul, a 15 to 20-year swath from the 124 you're talking about. It may be 15 to 20 years back from that. But the thing you like about the 124 is the ones without the screens. Yeah, exactly. So you want that older style. Yeah. The Z3 has reached that place where it's old enough now that people look at them and just like, I always like those. Those are just cool. They've yeah. reached that place already. Yes. Now, the 124 may get there. We don't know. But uh, so you don't, it's not quite as modern, but there are options out there. And you've already told the story, Paul, but how much that one we bought for super cheap has already been transformed. Okay, go buy. Alex, what does a $15,000 Z3 look like right now? I'll tell you. Great. Pristine Phenomenal. and Phenomenal. Yeah. And, and, and you're yeah. going to love it. You can, and the ones that are really crazy, they think you're out of your budget, but the ones that are really crazy are the M ones. Oh, the now M those Coop are going for like twenty twenty five. Those are those are more. And those are really those nice. Are cool. But don't even worry about that. Get the the two point five, two point eight, three liter one of yep. those in there, and you would just like that car. That is my only alt to the one twenty four. But I think if you went out and bought a one twenty four right now, first off, you'd probably get whatever the Stellantarian wave is. That would probably happen in the parking lot. 
But if what you don't get that, wave? I don't know. There, there has to be something. It's like live long and prosper, but different. different. But the 124 <laughs> would be great, but I actually think the Z4 is a great alt. Good news, Alex. You're getting a BMW. I think. <laughs> did, did we do it? Did we, did we justify <laughs> Did we, did we do it somehow is overcome your Fiat love? Because I love that you love the, the unique thing. But how about a Z3? How about the shoe? Get a shoe. Of course, we talk about Haggerty. We love Haggerty. We're big fans. And they're great supporters of us. But I don't think we've mentioned the new offering they've announced late last year. That's called Garage and Social. It's like a big fun clubhouse for car lovers. Each location offers climate-controlled storage, complete vehicle maintenance and service, plus tons of events and experiences exclusively for their members. But you don't even have to own a car to be part of this club. They've got social memberships that give people all the perks without the storage. They have multiple locations in Chicago, New York, Delray Beach in Florida, and Miami too. They're not slowing down either, and they're announcing new locations all the time. We're just hoping that one's going to come to Park City. Maybe someday it will. Learn more about this exclusive car club and storage facility at garageandsocial.com. On Facebook, Rusty Buckskin has noticed in the past few months that I have been more cognizant of financial health when it comes to car buying. <laughs> the stark difference from the Paul Limiter of the past has my perspective for personal financial management changed recently. Mm. Being a finance enthusiast himself, he's very curious about this shift. A finance enthusiast. There's a t-shirt you don't want to wear. I'm a finance enthusiast. Finance enthusiast, unite. You just like, you're, it, the party is parting like the Dead Sea around you. I'm a finance enthusiast. Okay, I'm going to go over here. You may be a fascinating person, but that t-shirt will not win you friends. Anyway, That's funny. sorry. That's funny. I do not have that t-shirt. Let's put it this way. At the very beginning, and this does continue, so many people would write and say, Thanks for your suggestions, but I found this crazy awesome car and I blew the budget and I mm -hmm. added five grand and I went, well, people are doing it. And it was enough for that people were doing it more often than not yeah. based yeah, on yeah. car conclusions and based on what we knew about you know people writing to us. Mm -hmm. And I thought along the way, and I still do this, that is I want you to be in something that you really love yeah. because this is our passion. This, And I speak about all of us, totally. the royal, yeah, we, all, the yeah. collective, we, yeah, yeah. all of us. This is what we love to do. And if you can, I'm encouraging you to do it because of wanting you to have that experience. Mm -hmm. And it's along the lines of, if you say my budget is in this case, $17,000, I can't do $17,001, but the car that I want you to have is like 19. I'm going to suggest that for, for you. For sure. Can you yeah. find a way to really get in that? Because it's just that extra bit of special. I don't mm -hmm, want you to mm -hmm. cut yourself off at that point. Sometimes it needs to, and you've heard me say that. Sometimes we genuinely need to do that. But I've also just kind of tried to read between the lines yeah. of people's emails. And if I'm getting the idea that it's a loose-ish kind of thing and we're really looking at it more in terms of car payment, another 50 bucks a month, you're not going to feel. Mm. For some people, it just isn't. Sure. Other people are like, guys, 10 grand, mm -hmm. cut it off. Mm -hmm. And I do have to respect that. I think the cheap car challenge has really helped me. I think it's helped both of us in that regard. I think it's yeah. really transformed both of our outlook as far as the price of fun. Yeah, yeah. And what is available, accepting the maintenance realities if they are there. And accepting the budget limits because we had, yes. granted, you blew the budget limit with the Maserati, but it was still <laughs> cheap. And that was the thing yes. is that we were, we were shopping. The whole gag was to shop super cheap. It wasn't, well, I'm going to buy a $7,500 sports car, but I found a great one for twice that. No, no, $7,500 sports car. Let's go. And you went under it, which was bravo. I've also, Rusty, been of the mindset, and I still am, I will forever be, that you get what you pay for. I've experienced mm, yeah, that in every yeah, category yeah. from buying landscaping services to a product to clothing to cars to 
you name it. And of mm-hmm. course, being a designer and understanding, yeah, that company probably is making a huge healthy profit margin on that product yeah. because knowing how things are made and it's frustrating. The, the way you can really, a, a loose rule of thumb, and this might be slightly outdated, but it's, it's very loose. And that is the price of an object, the price of that thing. You cut that in half for wholesale and mm. you cut that in half again for how much it costs that object to be made. Interesting point. So almost 25, 30% was the cost of materials and labor to make that thing. Now there are distribution costs and, and it mm-hmm. varies mm-hmm. wildly between products. Some products have a very tight profit margin, but others like Ford F-150s, they're spraying cash. <laughs> the money is got being that made. built in. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And everything else, you know, all the options on top of that are just gravy. Yeah. Taking that in consideration saying, all right, you get what you pay for when you buy a brand new Supra or yeah. an 86 or a Cayman or whatever. Yeah, they're fantastic. Worth it. They're great cars. Well, but you've shown this to me in furniture in a big way. That if you go buy Ikea yeah. furniture or you go buy something that's 10 times Ikea, theoretically, not always, but theoretically, unless it's that chair that you beat up yourself, theoretically. <laughs> such a great chair. Oh, God, gosh. The, the thing that costs you more will last you longer in the case of furniture. Typically, it's yeah. just built better with better materials, which is part of what the cost is. Sometimes it's not. But there, there is, that is a factor for sure. I see what you're saying. The furniture is a great example because I learned early on that you know Italian furniture was really expensive, mm-hmm. blindingly expensive. Why on earth would you pay $7,000 for a chair? You can buy a mountain bike or a car or a... <laughs> I wouldn't even buy a $7,000 on a mountain bike, but yes, I take your point. But you flip that chair over and look at any the underside, any mm-hmm. part of that chair, and it's so meticulously crafted, you're not going to find mm-hmm. rivets or screw heads or staples or welds. How is this thing made? Mm. This is an heirloom piece. This is going to be in my house forever. But everybody thinks I just need a couch. I just need a thing. And well, I'll just buy a new one when it comes out, mm. you know, or when I need it. When it yeah, wears out. For and sure, that's yeah. where Ikea makes boatloads of money. But how many Ikea products have you just, you might as well just buy it and drive it straight to the dump. Sorry. I've been through my, <laughs> sorry. I've been through an Ikea phase. I had so much Ikea stuff and then started design furniture and then t- took Ikea furniture apart going, where's the money? Where's, oh, there's the money. There's where the money didn't go. Mm. You mean they used cardboard in the middle of the wood veneer? How dare them? <laughs> sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to get you into an Ikea rant, which oh. I know was a short trip. <laughs> but Ikea, Ikea fits the budget. It's great. Yeah. They're yeah. absolutely well-designed. Because to make flat pack furniture looks good in a home and is mm-hmm. at a good price point, there's so much to be said for Ikea. But when you start to discover other furniture brands and you go, wait, I could furnish my whole living room for that cost of one chair. Why would I do that? Mm. It's a different mindset. It's a different it budget. And so both have their value. I'll say that. Sorry, I didn't expect this commercial. Sorry, I didn't expect to take you all the way to furniture from this. But I, just, I, love, I love where you're going. Yeah, for sure. $30,000 at the Gosh. base level. Well, look how they're built and look at what they need to do and look where they go into and financial service firms, whatever that is. So both have their place at this point, Mm -hmm. but spending a lot of time in the eight car, cheap car challenge and living with, as you said, the Quattroporte Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. Phaeton and not buying with the hopes that we wouldn't have any maintenance problems. We just kind of stepped out on a limb and did it knowing that it would cost the show a lot. Like, we yeah, can't take it home. It could be we awful. Yeah, for sure. Spend on a dumb car. That's a bummer. <laughs> on the other hand, that's a good learning lesson. So mm-hmm. we did that and stepped out there and, and kind of hopefully we did that for you, mm-hmm. essentially. I know this is a long answer and I want to that's rant great. about furniture on both ends yes, of the spectrum do. because there's couches that cost $15,000. <laughs> I know it seems absurd, but then when you buy it 
the quality, the long lasting nature of it, the, oh, it's so worth it when you sit on and there is a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> that didn't mean to wind up in the furniture rant, but it's awesome. I do like it. Well done. Oh. Well done. I'll just let you have a moment to ponder furniture. That's, that's amazing. Bravo. Thinking about Ikea. I know you are. Just step away I'm from the rant. thinking about Vitra and Capellini and Scavellini. And those, are, those are all words that Pogan I don't have. Pogan Pole and sure. kitchens. And Why I just not? love all that stuff. And then you go, y- your kitchen cost you how much? I think I'll stick with Ikea. <laughs> Scott on Facebook has a long question, but I want to ease your mind a little bit. He said, how do we feel about test driving cars from dealerships you have no intention of buying? But as this question goes on, it gets key because he says in his area, he's having a lot of trouble finding any unused cars for sale. He can shop on Auto Tempest, but when does he find something in his local market? Almost never. So that puts him in a situation where he is going to actual car dealers to test drive cars for his drive homework. So the key thing here is, Scott, that you actually don't say, but then I, I suddenly understand. You are shopping. Mm-hmm. You're just not shopping today. Okay? <laughs> right. So I, I want you to, to take away any guilt you have about, I'm, I'm here because I'm looking. Now, the minute you tell the car dealer, well, I'm only looking right now, they can say, well, you can buy today and stop looking. They're going to say some version of that joke. And they're going to ask probing questions. Or I just started looking. Yeah. Well, you could stop looking if you just, oh, yeah. man, it all yeah. exists. But yeah. what you're doing is actually researching. And I'm sorry, and some car dealers aren't going to like this, but the truth is there is a large network, and car dealers are part of it, that help us all get educated on cars. Mm-hmm. Paul and I are in the unique position where cars just show up and we get to drive them all. But before we did this show, we were in the same boat. If I want to drive one of those, I have to find a dealer or a used car shop or some place because I'll put it to you that flip side. I don't want to show up at some guy's house to drive his personal car that's for sale when I know I'm not shopping yet. Right. But a car right. dealer, the, the used car down the block, they have one of those cars. I've never driven one. I've always wanted to drive one. Go drive it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you can absolutely tell the dealer, I've always wanted to drive one of these. I'm considering, should it be on my list? Let's go drive it. I mean, it's along the lines of, you're, you're telling that salesperson to sell me the car. Yeah. Do your thing. I will allow myself to be sold. I might not be sold. Yeah. But I might. And if you're really good, I might be sold today. But don't just show it to me. Because if you think that's a sale, well, you're not a salesperson. Certainly. Don't just tell me about it and ask probing questions. You're not selling me anything. Make it compelling. Ask the questions in my life that matter. Let's start with, well, why do you need a car? What are you replacing? <laughs> oh, you're not replacing anything. Oh, well, tell me your needs. You know what? The car that you're looking for probably isn't for you. You know what I have over here, but it's actually not new. It's used. I might be able to save you a little bit of money. Let me show you this other thing that you might not have thought of. Schmucker Auto is opening next week. (laughs) Come on down. What do I have to do to put you in this car today? Oh, no. So, Scott, I think you need to hold your head up high and just walk in honestly and be like, I want to drive one of those. And you have one. And so I want to take it for a test drive. Are you not entertained? And, and whether, whether you're buying or not is not the point because you're, no. you're researching to buy eventually. And this is how it gets done. It's like when I go into Best Buy and I ask the person, what's the difference between these two hard drives? Or what, I what do I going. need to know about this? I know where you're going. And they take the box out of my hand and turn it over and start reading the back of it. I could do that. That's <laughs> not why I'm asking you. 
Gutler Collins says, what current brand new car is the worst value? How little car can you spend oh. the most money on? I have your car. Do you? It is the BMW 228 Grand Coupe for $48,000 that doesn't have the dynamic handling package that would push it up to fifty grand for a little tiny car with a useless backseat. The one that's built on the mini chassis that is actually yep. front-wheel drive, not the two-series that's rear-wheel drive. Correct. That's right. BMW sells two cars with the same <laughs> nomenclature, and they are completely different cars. The Grand Coupe 2-series. Oh, no. It's brand new. They're blindingly expensive. And you think forty eight grand, and now what am I getting again? Yeah, it's kind of quick, but it's not very spacious and not useful and not that good looking. And what am I doing again? Every time I see one of those on the road, and it's not often, but every time I see one of those on the road, I ponder the <laughs> fact that I know it was fifty grand. Yes, and I think about all of the cars that could have been bought for fifty grand that that person chose to not get. Yes, you you you, you nailed that by. answer. You nailed that answer. Bravo on that. That's very good. Here's one. Jayhawk Trey. Is this Rock Chalk Jayhawk? Are we talking about Kansas here? Did I just... Anyway, sorry. My dad was a Jayhawk. So was mine. Anyway, That's right. Uh, That's yeah, right. For, sure, for sure. Anyway, so this is a track daily crush with movies. That's a little weird. Okay. I like it. I like the it. The Christopher Nolan edition. The Dark Knight, Inception, and Dunkirk. Oh. Three very different movies, all break from Christopher down, Nolan. Break down. To track daily crush. So I guess crush is the movie that I never watch again. Track is the movie I watch when I want to be hardcore. And Daily is the movie I'll watch any time at all. Okay. That's how I'm breaking this down. Okay. So based on that, look, Dunkirk was excellent, but it's getting crushed. The Daily movie is Dark Knight. I will watch that any time. <laughs> Bring that on. That means the track movie is Inception, because Inception, you have to sit down and be like, I'm going to focus on this. Inception is deep and rich. And it requires the same level of focus that a track day t- does. So Inception is your track movie. That, oh. That's a weird thing, but there All we right, go. Let's keep the movie thing going. Petrolhead 2003 says, in honor of the re- release of No Time to Die, mm. if you were James Bond and had to choose a car other than an Aston Martin, what would it be? I've got it. Also, if you were the baddie and had the opportunity to steal James Bond's car, what would it be? Go. The one that is the alt James Bond car right now that would be a phenomenal James Bond car is the Mercedes GT. Dang. That is a James Bond car. You put it in a black, you do the full blacked out version. It's very subtle, but you could go the crazy green that they do because yeah. James wants to stand out. That is a fantastic the GT, I love James it. Bond car. Ooh, that's good. like it. I, I'm having a tough time. Yeah, because it, it needs to be a proper engine and it mm-hmm. needs to be imposing. and. But it also has to have stance. class. Dance. You know, and, yeah. and that that AMG GT going through traffic, you notice. I'm going to leave that black. right there. I like it. Well, if you were the baddie and you had the opportunity to steal James Bond's car, what would it be? Well, if you, I think Petrolhead means if you were the bad guy and you yeah. had the you other have, car. You have the pick of James Bond's cars? Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, we'll come back to that. Ian Dara says, when shopping for a car that's usually in silver, gray, black, or white... <laughs> Why are you shopping for a car in silver, gray, black, or white? He doesn't want to. That's the key. <laughs> he says, is it worthwhile to keep searching for the right color? Or is it better just to deal with the more boring colors so that you can actually find one and buy mm. it? Of course, he's asking for a friend. Of course you are. You've got to ask yourself. And this is the thing my dad has done my entire growing up. He said, well, project mm. yourself mm. into that situation. Do I want to buy that house? Do I want to date that person? Do I pro- can you project yourself? Of course, the answer is you can't, but as best as you can, can you project yourself thinking about, okay, so I buy that car, the one that I'm looking at, it's not the right color. Do, five weeks from now, six months from now, mm-hmm. do I see myself still really liking that? Do I, do I, 
if the answer is yes, then there, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. But if you're going to have any holdbacks, if there's any, you know, a little check in your heart, you think, ah, I can't stand it now. What makes you think you're going to love it six months from now? That's a great question. And it really comes down to how much is the color mattering? And if you are a person who is determined to get it in a color, I think if you don't get it in a color, you're going to be right to where Paul's saying and a little ways down the line, you're going to be like, I should have gotten it in a color. And now what do you do? Do you sell it or do you wrap it? Do you go shopping for the same car in a color? What happens? Spend more to fix the problem. Six months down the line, if you decide that not having a color version really isn't acceptable, then what's the decision point? Bitter Car Guy has two questions for us. First of all, has the BMW design department gone rogue? (laughs) Gone rogue. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, is the answer. Yes, to all of that. He says, what's up with the ever-increasingly unpleasant-looking grills stuck onto their electric-only offerings? Is BMW trying to destroy marriages and repulse their customers? <laughs> wow. You, that, you took that away. Okay. Yeah, that is, uh, that is out there. But you know they're trying to do something different. And yeah, so yeah. one point is awarded for trying. One point and one point only. One <laughs> ping only, Vasily. <laughs> nice. Good job. I think they've gone too far and they're, it's too many cooks. Everybody's heads in the sand. They're all saying it's great because they all keep telling each other it's great. That's why they think it's great. It's, I hope <laughs> sales numbers yeah. tell a different story and I hope it tells that story soon because <laughs> there isn't. I've met one person so far that likes the Beaver Teeth Grill. Uh-huh. One. Uh-huh. The rest of us are repulsed, as you said, you know, what on earth are you doing? This is just lines. This is an inspired design. And why yeah. can't the future look beautiful and inspired? Do better, work harder. Don't just, it feels unfinished. It feels like a half hearted effort. Yeah. So push harder because the ones that make us ache are those cars that are so beautiful. That AMG GT. Sure. Well, makes you ache. It's so gorgeous. It, it looks great. It stands. We've heard a few things about the way BMW is currently run. And I don't know the detailed insides, but the impression that I've started to get about current BMW politics is you have a limited amount of time to make your mark. Mm-hmm. So now that changes the design thinking a little bit into less about, I am sculpting something for time. It's more about whether it was ugly or not, that's mine. I can put the stake in the ground. That was my donation. I left a mark. That car I left, left a, mark. a mark. It left a mark. That, that scar is not going away. Lance Young on Twitter says, do we think that Lotus will be able to pull off an enthusiast electric vehicle? Lance, this is all unknown right now. I mean, they've talked about stacking up. The thing that, that Paul's brought up before, they've talked about actually stacking batteries in order to have a certain dynamics. I mean, Lotus is discussing this. They have probably the best shot out of, out of it of anybody. And I say that mm-hmm. because Lotus isn't expected to make high volume cars. Mm-hmm. They're in a unique place that Porsche's not in. I mean, Porsche, for all of the fact that they make niche things, it is a niche thing to have a 911. That is still a niche car. The cars that make the money are not the 911s True. or the Caymans. True. But they are not, they're looked at as a car brand. They make a breadth of product. Lotus has never been looked at like that. They're in a unique spot that they are known for agile enthusiast automobiles. That's what they're That's the only thing they're known for. Mm -hmm, You don't mm -hmm. think about the Lotus truck, even if it's coming, the Lotus SUV. So they have an opportunity as a brand. Lotus truck in the same sentence. Yeah, it is. And what's the L word that that is a Lotus truck? No, it's an E. E. It's got to be an E. What is it? Moving on. Yeah, okay. So the Lotus, okay, whatever. But the point here is I think Lotus has an opportunity to do it. Will they and how will that feel remains to be seen. Second question from Bitter Car Guy is a track daily crush. From our recent YouTube videos, he says okay. the Volkswagen ID4 
BMW Beavertief as if that's a car. <laughs> okay, we'll take it. I get it. And Volvo XC90. Well, the XC90 is absolutely brilliant. Hopefully, you've seen our review on that. It's a recent review. We drove it in Georgia when we were there. Mm-hmm. Excellent car. No, that, sorry. We drove that in Texas. We drove it in Texas, and that is a, absolutely a daily. Absolutely yeah. spectacular, unique, brilliant, and it's delightful. Everything you see and touch and interact with, it's just delightful. So I'm keeping that one. That is my daily. I am... No, I'm 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 keeping the yeah, dailing the XC ninety, keeping the ID four because it's intriguing enough and I'm crushing anything beaver teeth. I just I can't. Interesting. I can't. Well see that's the thing. I would crush the ID four because I do think once you strap yourself into the Beaver Teeth M four, it's a phenomenal track car and now I'm in it. Well, you have to see the face of every pedestrian gagging as you drive by, wondering what's wrong with that person. Maybe you just keep it at the track. Maybe you just keep it under wraps. It just lives at the track. The ID4 gets crushed, and the XC90 is the daily. Ted Theologan on Twitter says, Rapid shot debate, replacing his wife's Prius. Congratulations. With a new Mazda 3 Turbo or an equally priced Panamera? You're going to be surprised, but I'm going Mazda 3 Turbo hatch. Are you? Okay. Because she's going to love it. You're going to love it. Mm It's absolutely brilliant. Panamera's are great. They are. They're awesome. They're a commitment car. Especially because if you're doing an equivalent value, you're buying a significantly used Panamera. Very true. Which will need something, which will have a Porsche tax for maintenance, versus a brand new Mazda 3 Turbo. I see where you went. I think the Panamera's, it's good, but it's just a heavy choice. It just weighs on you. Uh, Whereas the Mazda 3 Turbo is just light and refreshing and new and fun. And it's a joy every time you want to drop into it. And it's... It's not in the category of a Panamera. You're, you're in a different headspace. So all day long, Mazda 3 turbo hatch. I like that. Very well done. Noah Borlas 3 says, as drivers, both of us who drive cars that are bright colors, is the myth true that people that have bright color cars get pulled over more often than someone in gray, white, black, or silver? Someone's done this study and it wasn't us. And I'm, I, if I remember correctly, I, remember, I feel like reading past this at some point. Someone will find it and send the link and please do. If I remember correctly, this is completely false. There's no actual category that says that it is more common. I think we think it's more common because the car is more noticeable in traffic. But we've mm-hmm. had our friend, local sheriff, uh, Chad, on the, on the podcast before talking about speeders. We've had other people talk to us about speeders. And most of the time, officers are looking for car attitude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not just speed. Speed is a factor. Absolutely. That's why you're getting pulled over for speeding. But you could have two drivers go by, both speeding and both one in a gray car that is driving erratically at the same speed as the 911 that just went by that was yellow that is driving very smoothly. And the erratic car is more likely to get pulled over. Colors are relevant. Now, a colorful car does get noticed in traffic. So that now you as a driver have to think, how am I driving? Because people hopefully noticed. Did you know that the IKEA shelves, when you buy them, they're made of yeah, honeycomb cardboard, uh-huh. stood on end. So you know it's like a, a Coke can when it's full; it has yeah maximum stability there. But it's cardboard in between the thinnest layer of veneer, and it's glued together. And the shelves in one of my bedrooms here, it's just peeling up. Walked okay. in, and it's just delaminating. I've done nothing. It's not sat in direct sunlight. It's just sat there. In a nice environment. I'm apologizing to all of you. And the that veneers we wound just up. pulling right up. Yes. With and the I'm going to rant. get to go waste some gas and drive it to the dump. It's so frustrating. If you haven't seen the fantastic, I'm just going to promote someone else's YouTube here. Look up the Ikea puns piece. Because <laughs> yeah. that is in two or three minutes. 
It is but, not only a commentary on Ikea and the funny thing about furniture shopping, but there is, you almost see all of the phases of a relationship happen in like two and a half minutes. And the other night, my wife and I got talking about it. Did you really? And we realized we hadn't seen it in forever. And so we showed it to my son. And he's laughing at the puns, but all of the relationship subtext is lost on him. Remember this. And my wife and I are just sitting there going, oh my gosh, what is that aftermath? It's amazing. <laughs> Look, I've got glassware. I've got artwork. Ikea fits the budget. They uh-huh. design great stuff. It looks great. Right up until the point where it delaminates for no reason. Guys, thank you for all your questions. <laughs> We're not going to have Ikea as a sponsor. This is clear. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. Well, that's all right. Thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate your interaction. Write to us, TV at gmail.com, especially when you just think of something, you got to comment, write to us. We love hearing from all of you. Be sure you give us your odometer guesses. You've got about 24 please hours, do. so please get those guesses in there. Somebody's winning F9 Space Fiero on their home theater. I'm just saying, <laughs> Space Fiero. And every time it comes on, just please think of us. Hey, you know what? You're I think every time it comes on, the beginning of every scene, you should say out loud with the family, Space Fiero. Space Fiero, all together now, everybody. That should just be a thing. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>